Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in. Oh, Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello, I'm Charles Commons and welcome to the first of two episodes of It's All Cobblers to Me this week. Joining me to catch up on Keith Curl's transfer window recruitment, the games against Scunthorpe and Macclesfield, and of course look forward to the FA Cup replay with Derby, are Chessie Coleman, Danny Brothers, and a Super Bowl crazed Neil Edgerton Scott. <laughs> Super Bowl craze. I've got my corn dogs ready, Charles. I've got what else have I got? I've got some some fluff in a in a pot. You ever had that? Um uh, are we talking about candy floss? It, well no, it's called fluff. Uh I've got I've got me lucky charms. <laughs> lucky charms. Reese's pieces. <laughs> you name it. it. I'm ready to go. So yeah, we are recording this on Sunday night, um, just in time for Neil to open about 10 cans of beer and go American football crazy. Who are you sporting tonight, Neil? Uh, the the San Francisco 49ers, as I always do, and they're up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, mm. uh, Dorothy will be proud. She will. Well, hopefully she won't. <laughs> Was that a six-pointer reference? It's, it's a six-pointer. I, I think that's a big six-pointer, I think. It's, a, it's it's more than a six pointer. This Danny is it. It's a yeah. They I mean, win the you? they win the championship of the Mega Bowl, the world the world championship as they call it, the world Super Bowl. 
the world championship of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Would they beat Chris Wilder's 2016 team, though? Oh, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's you'd have some good NFL players in that team. Oh, Chris Wilder would be happy with that, wouldn't he? That'd be lovely. I'm Chris I'm, Wilder, and it's all cobblers to me. Right then, well, that's enough ridiculous uh, football talk. Hey, and now on to the soccer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll we'll start off then, gang. Uh, I think we'll have to have a look at these players that Keith Kerr brought in during the last few days of the January transfer window. So we had young Callum Morton coming from West Brom as a striker. Um, another youngster, James Oloyinka, maybe that's how you say it, we're not sure. Danny wants to call him Linky Dinky as if he's some sort of weird Teletubby. I don't think that's fair. Um, we've also got Mark Marshall, who um, terrorised us when he played for Bradford and numerous other teams in the past as a winger. And then on transfer deadline day itself, we signed um, Luton defender Lloyd-Jones. Um, so, yes, what do we think about those? Very, very clever window, I think. I, th- I think a lot's been flying around over the last couple of days about Keith Curl and the way he's spent this January. But um, I know a lot of people's op- opinions are that we're so fortunate that he's actually looked at it in a really measured way and he's come in and bought players in that we need and not blown all that FA Cup money on, on wages, effectively. So I think it's a very clever January. And if uh, he can pull off a promotion-winning season, it'll be even cleverer come May. Out of those four signings, Neil, which one were you most impressed with at the time that they signed? I wouldn't say I was necessarily impressed with with any of them. Not that I wasn't impressed with them either. I didn't know much about Oli Inka or Morton. Um, but I didn't know much about Lloyd-Jones either, to be honest. And I knew a little bit about Mark Marshall because he's, he's played well against us in the past for Barnet and Bradford. Um, I, I'd say... Once I'd read into them and looked into them, I probably thought that that Lloyd Jones seems a very decent sign. I think he's out of contract in the summer as well. So if we can go up, then and he and he performs well, then you'd like to think that we'd we'd keep him on board. So do, do we think that there's a another Vidane Oliver amongst these four, Danny? I don't think you can get near Vidane Oliver at the moment, Charles. You're just you're not gonna go out in January, Charles, and get another Vidane Oliver, right? Let's be let's be serious about this. You, you suggested he should be um, locked in a cupboard the other day, Danny. <laughs> you suggested Well yeah, that was, to well, keep him safe. I did because because um, <laughs> yeah, um well Man United and Chelsea and whoever else were looking for a striker at the last minute, weren't they? Like <laughs> trying to go around the world and they were just scrambling around looking for strikers. I was like, somebody lock Vidane away quick because they'll be after him. <laughs> Especially after United couldn't year. get Haaland, so came straight to us for yeah. the day. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, might <laughs> they could do worse, Charles. They could do worse. They could do worse. You're quite right. Uh, probably within their squad. Um, so, yes. Um, so, the one player that really stood out for me, and I mean, we will talk about Scunthorpe in a moment or two, but James James Ollalinka, or however you say it, I just call him LinkedIn, I've decided. Um, he, he was really good, wasn't he, against Scunthorpe? I mean, he was he, he blew my mind in a way. He went from being a, a signing that I kind of went, oh, here's a kid, I'm sure he'll be good, but, you know, we've got kids, haven't we, already of our own? Why are we signing these? I know that was a point that you kind of made, Neil. Um but actually, he was really good against Scunthorpe, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was. Um, he was. Yeah, he was really good. I thought he. Um, it was, Cole made quite a funny quote. I think about when when Oli Inka signed, said that 
we'll have to sort of get a bit of the Arsenal out of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, said, he said he's already done it, didn't he? He said the first time, first day in training, he's already kicked the That's Arsenal it, out of yeah. him, hasn't he? <laughs> Is that what he said? Yeah, he's like, right, that football, do not keep it on the floor. <laughs> So true. So true. But he, so what you're doing this first oh, path was dear. along the floor and he's just like, uh, right, like that. come on, right, let me have a word. Have a quiet word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not how we do things. But it was now. good, wasn't he? He, sh- he showed that he had a bit of um a bit of bite about him as well, and like he put himself about in, in into a few tackles. He, he played some lovely, lovely passes as well. I thought he looked really good. It's just a shame that he, he looks like he's he's probably injured for a while now. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? There was a picture going around social media, uh, I think on Saturday morning, which showed um, him in a, well, not a cast, was it? But it was one of those sort of space boots. Um, space boot? It's a space Is it? boot, isn't it? Isn't that it's what they're called? the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you never know. But yeah, it does look like it's not going to be uh, great. And I said to you guys that, you know, the worst thing is, is that we probably won't actually find out about it because Tim Oglethorpe and Jake Sharp still haven't bothered to learn Spanish to be able to ask Nacho anything. Yeah, and Cole doesn't like to tell us, does he? No, he doesn't. It's quite infuriating. Kind of understand it, I guess. It is infuriating as a, as a fan, but I guess it's also to try and keep opposition teams guessing a little bit, isn't it? Are they going to be back or not? So it's a bit element of surprise, I suppose. And it's the same with the animal, isn't it? Yeah, but I can understand that. But when you've got a player that is basically posted on their social media, a picture that basically says, yeah, that's me done, lads. It was nice knowing you. Um, you kind of think, well, you might as well just come out and be honest about it, surely. It, it may, maybe it's that he's, he's got that protective space boot on uh, and maybe they haven't had the results with a scan or something yet. So maybe they don't actually know what the extent of it is, maybe. I think sometimes with kids as well, I they're—I say kids. I know he's not a child, but um, they're overcautious, aren't they? Because they—they're fragile beings when they're young, and um, making sure that he gets the right recovery and and the right support as get, getting through that injury is is probably high on their priority list at the moment. So actually, we might be thinking, "Oh, this looks really bad," but actually, it could be an overcautious. Um, reaction just to make sure that he is fit and he does come back because the last thing you want is is a player at 18 19 or however old he is um you know with real bad ligament damage right at the beginning of his career they just want to rule that out don't they yeah of course I mean that's interesting that you say that considering you're the only one of the four of us that could technically still be a professional footballer and be in their prime Uh, (laughs) um, these kids eh one thing they haven't actually said that that's that it happened during the game either have they it might have just been when Keith Kerr was trying to kick the Arsenal out of him I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, that's why they're keeping quiet. About us, they, don't want, they, they don't want anyone sort of going on. Oh, no, Keith's done it again. Um, Callum Morton, uh, on the other mm. hand, I, I believe that, Danny, that we might have actually been looking at him a year ago, um, last January's transfer window as well. Um, do, do you think we needed a striker? We obviously let Billy Waters go out on loan early doors to Newport County. I mean, that's probably the, the last that we've actually seen of Billy in a, in a cobbler's shirt. Um, obviously, Verdane's playing well, got a good partnership going with Andy Williams. Um, w- were you wanting maybe a bit more than just a youngster? Um, originally, yes, but the type of striker that he is, I think, is something completely different. And I think you can say that about most of the, the four signings that we've made is that he is different to what, Williams and Verdane Oliver are, and obviously Smith's going to be out for 
the foreseeable future as well. And he's fairly similar to the other two as well. So you want something that you want someone who's going to get in behind teams. And I think Morton can do exactly that. And he's this nippy player, isn't he? And the goal showed as well on Saturday that um, that we'll come to later on. He's just got that kind of instinct in front of goal and that quick thinking that's going to um, sort of get him past players and to and to score the other kind of tapping goals, if, as you will. Um so from what I've seen of him so far, especially Tuesday night, he came on and put himself about and on Saturday obviously got the goal. So I think it's going to, it's definitely going to push Williams for a place because I'm, I'm still not completely sure that Cole wants, sees Williams as the long-term solution um, up front. No, I, I think I probably agree with that as well. As much as we might say that that's a shame, it, it clearly is a case of maybe that Cole doesn't rate him as highly as we maybe think he should do. Um Chester, the other player that we we signed, I mean, we almost signed those these three players together almost, didn't we? But Mark Marshall comes in on a short-term deal. Um he he's had his contract cancelled. Um was it with was he with Gillingham? Gillingham, yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. he's got an American. Gilling, Gillingham. Um yeah. Gillingham. Steve Evans obviously didn't rate him. Um either that or more likely Mark Marshall didn't rate Steve Evans. Um and uh, has chosen to come and sign on for us. Now I'm quite happy when 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 we signed him, I was like, oh that's actually a really good signing. Um I really like that despite the fact that he's maybe towards the twilights of his career now but then again you start thinking about it and you go hang on a minute he's a tricky winger where do our tricky wingers play wing back <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> i mean it seems on paper a great signing but then when you look at the formation that we play now it it i don't know it confuses me but i just let Carl do his business do do what he wants well, you've he's changed the tune, <laughs> well, I've never doubted him. He's he's got a plan, and it's working. It's perfect. We'll probably win the league, I reckon. I'm not look, Charles. I'm not one to overreact when we lose a game, and I'm not one to overreact when we win a game. <laughs> Firmly balanced over it. Firmly balanced. <laughs> uh, I I I think with with Mark Marshall, I think uh, he he looks a bit rusty. Um, which is understandable because he's not played much this year, has he, uh, or this season. Mm. And it didn't work out for him at Gillingham. But he looks like, certainly against Macclesfield, I thought he, he, he worked hard for the team and he, and he seemed to have bought into the team ethic, which was good. And he's similar to Nicky Adams, really, a little bit, isn't he? With you know, He's got a lot of stepovers and he's a little bit tricky on the wing. And his, his, his job and his aim is to, to beat his man and get across in. Which he did quite well, I thought, on Tuesday night when he came on. Um, maybe lacking that, that, as you say, sort of final uh, bit of fitness or, or bit of sharpness. Um, he was able to beat his man, I noticed, fairly well. Um, but then maybe the cross was just lacking, wasn't it, a little bit at the end, the final ball. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that was the frustrating thing, wasn't it? That, yeah, but I think that'll uh, I come. guess that'll come. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. There you go. <laughs> Jinx. Lloyd Jones then, the final bit of business that Curl did, a, another defender. Um he did also recall Jay Williams from Kettering, it's important to uh, to remember. Um Danny, I think it was you that maybe suggested that the turn dog might end up being pushed further forward into midfield. That, that was Neil. Um Oh sorry, that was Neil. Well, I stand corrected. Do you agree with him, though, Danny? Um, I don't know. If um, 
Ollie Inker's out and McCormack's out, McWilliams is out, then possibly. Um, and I do think I enjoy watching the turn dog, so I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to that. Um, it's it's all to do with injuries, isn't it? And uh, who comes back, who doesn't come back. But one thing I will say, talking to the defence, is we looked at Tuesday night. I think I put a tweet saying I was really worried about the defence because it was Harriman and um, Martin in defence mm. with Good, and I thought they both did excellently again. Uh, particularly Martin is probably his best game he's had for us. Um, um, I was concerned about Harriman up against um, who was the guy on the left wing for for Scunthorpe. Um, Isa, Isa, yeah. I mean, he was just he was he looked dangerous him didn't he? all night, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought they both stood up and were counted again, and it's just another another thing of this curl squad of just everyone coming into the positions, just slotting in and getting the job done. Um, I was really impressed with them. So um, yeah, I, I, I can see him just going back into midfield if not particularly well. I wanted to see him because I like the three. I like the three of them, but you never know. I think we've, we've got that depth now, haven't we? Which is a good thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So overall, then, are we happy with that transfer window? Yes, mm. very happy. My thumbs are up, Charles. Oh, both. Not my thumbs are up, Charles. My thumbs are up, comma Charles. <laughs> I was about to say for a moment. I was about to hang up. Oh dear! Kick the arse <laughs> out of it. He's uh, <laughs> not recording this over the phone. Some <laughs> <laughs> club call. Uh, I think a solid a solid transfer window. I, I, I had a stupidly for my sins yesterday. I had a quick look at the hotel end for the first time in ages. Ooh, and, uh, risky. Yeah, uh, someone on there was ranting and raving and saying, look, you know, the club, where's the money from the cup run gone? You know, it's short-term thinking. We've only signed players on loan. Why haven't we splashed the cash? And in my head, I was thinking, well, hold on. Last time we splashed the cash, that, went abysmally didn't it and we had mm-hmm. we were stuck with all these players on massive contracts for three years in the bottom league whereas actually this time i think they have been really smart with it they, you know they've given people contracts until the end of the season if we go up we're probably gonna like being brutally honest we're probably not going to want some of these players mm. in league one if we do go up because some of them won't quite be good enough mm. so i think it's i think they've done well i think it's it's been good um and that's another point you know we kept charlie good didn't we we did, and Just, and Cornell. That was another important one. Despite David Buchanan trying to wind us up, yeah. Oh crikey, absolute bellend Buchanan, isn't he? <laughs> I don't, I don't quite understand why he did it. Because he's a prick. <laughs> oh, all right, thanks, Neil. I do think with this transfer window as well, I've noticed a couple of things on Twitter. But um, somebody on Twitter, I can't remember who it is. And I'm really sorry because they made a really valid point. Um, they were saying, do you know what? The cobblers are doing something really good in the fact that they're everything they're doing is coming quite under the radar at the moment. So they're just plugging away, they're doing going about their business and they're getting things done. And no one's really taking any any notice of them. It's all about Swindon, Exeter, Crew. No one really has looked at the cobblers as serious promotion contenders, and that might work in our favour, mm. especially on the back of this uh this transfer window, because actually he has done a really good job in that transfer window, and if we do manage to sneak into those automatics by the end of the season this January I think will be incredibly pivotal to to that squad and how, how they're able to do that I think we don't need to go and sign these supposed superstars either do we like if we went and signed who like, I don't know Owen Doyle or something um, or other big players for this level we how do they fit into what we're doing now I think it's more important to what Carl's doing is to 
integrate them into the what we're doing and and how like have a work work ethic fit into the the dressing room and you can tell that they've got something and you don't want to bring in this like supposed megastar for this level and then it suddenly everything just goes squiff and i will say the word squiff um, <laughs> yeah. Martin Squiff. Isn't it Skewiff? <laughs> it is Skewiff. Skewiff. Yeah. I can say that word however I want, thank you. <laughs> Daddy's new name is Daddy Squiff. Squiffy, uh, you know. I think Daddy does make a good point, though. Uh, everyone wants to see uh, a money sign in and some money spent on a bit of a name player, don't they? But. A January is not the right time to do that. It, it's it's the summer. That's your time. Overinflated to... prices in January. Yeah, what's, exactly. What's yeah, and and you look. At, I know some people. I saw some people on on Twitter say, "Well, you know, look, Swindon have done really good business here, and and we should be trying to keep up with them." Well, actually, hold on a minute. The, the two players, or the, the two main players, they they signed. They'd had on loan previously anyway, so it's not like they'd gone out and bid there was obviously some form of discussions that had constantly been going on in the background so it's not like they'd gone out and like out of the blue plucked someone apart i mean they bought hallam hope as well and but i mean woo, yeah exactly i don't really get that either Hallam hope's not that good like <laughs> he's all right for, for league two isn't he but if we spent 100 grand on him i'd be questioning why on earth are we spending 100 grand on him i'm chris hargreaves and it's all cobblers to me Right, let's talk about Scunthorpe. Let's go back. Please, I really want to talk about Scunthorpe. This is going to be amazing. Let's talk about Scunthorpe, baby. <laughs> so, um, there's there's only really two things that, that I think need bringing up. Bye. Um, the first thing, Bye. the first thing, the Bye. first thing Bye. I think Bye. you should bring up Bye. is... Bye, Kev. <laughs> Bye, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go on, Daddy. Just, oh, just. It was. It. We, I think we might have even talked about it, didn't we, last week? Saying the ideal situation would be Charlie Good getting Kevin Van Veen sent yeah. off. <laughs> it just came. You just you never expect that kind of thing to happen. But for it to happen in the same game where Dane Oliver scores twice, almost gets a hat trick, Sam Hoskins scores a penalty and nicks it off for Dane Oliver. I know, shocking. A bit shit how Sam at work. I, I, I couldn't contain myself. Match of the, match of the season by a long way. <laughs> it certainly was. I mean, do you know what I actually felt like when 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 Charlie came over? Was it a throw in that he took yeah. fairly quickly afterwards, and he <laughs> he gave a little cheeky smile to yeah. West Ham? I kind of felt like he was looking directly at us. Yeah, and the thought <laughs> social media were going mental at him as well, weren't they? Oh uh, well, it was quite fun. I think seeing what Scunthorpe fans' reaction to it all was. Um, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, you just you've just got to look at it and go. And my my opinion is is that Kev's raised his hands. He's an idiot. He's fallen into Charlie Good's trap, and he made the he, he gave the referee a decision to make. It's his own fault. Scunthorpe fans should be angry at Kevin Van Veen for rising rising, um, you know, to the wind up. Mm-hmm. If he hadn't risen to it, he'd have stayed on the pitch. Quite simple. Also, another completely valid point. I think it was one of the best moments of being a Cobblers fan in recent years to see him get sent <laughs> off against us. But actually, actually, the other point is we were going to win anyway, either way. Yes. You know, we had them sewn up within a few minutes, I think. So actually, Van Veen was just a bit of a bonus, really. So actually, even if he hadn't have been sent off, it would have been fun anyway. But I think it's just added to the drama. It was just spectacular. He should have. He should have got a yellow card before the uh, the Charlie Good incident. Anyway, it was a terrible challenge that he made. 
what about five minutes beforehand um, that he got away with mm. scot free, and and then you know it was clear from the word go that that Van Veen was up for this game and was maybe maybe had a bit of the John Joe O'Toole day syndrome going around in his head. I, th- I think he was worked up a bit. What, what do you think, Neil? Do you think he was basically primed, ready for, you know, ascending off before kickoff? Uh, yeah, I think he's a, a bellend uh, of the highest order, actually. <laughs> and I know you don't like me to swear, Charles. Um, You've already done it several times tonight. Oh, yeah. You might as well carry yeah, on. Yeah, I've gone rogue, sorry. Um, but... Yeah, he is, isn't he? He's a massive knobhead. And you, you, can't, you can't hide from the fact that it was brilliant. And he, he probably, look, it wasn't a red card and it's, it's since been rescinded, hasn't it? But um, Which is even better. Yeah, which makes it even better. Way, just adding that but he's just an idiot. The guy is an idiot. Look, he's undoubtedly a talented footballer when he wants to be, but he is a knobhead. And uh, there's nothing better than seeing him get sent off. And there's a couple of brilliant videos that we're knocking around on Twitter from the West Stand. As he's, who is making mm. <laughs> trudging off the pitch and some interesting chance aimed his way. The thing is about it is that it's, I think it is generally quite rare for Cobblers fans to feel so passionately about their dislike for a player that's been at the club. And I think... Ash Taylor. <laughs> apart, yeah, Ash. I mean, but then again, think about they're both, they were both at the club at the same time, weren't they? So it's within within that clique of players that, that we let go. And I think that's important to actually think about because there's a reason we really dislike him and there's a reason we took such pleasure in him being sent off because actually... You know, he didn't do his job while he was playing for us. So, you know, it's kind of just desserts, let's be honest. But there's also a way to leave a club as well. Yeah, All this stuff about being too good for League Two and all that kind of thing. It's yeah. just, and the way Ash left as well, the way, or not particularly the way he left, but the way he was when he was here, there's and a difference wife. between that and the way, yeah, there's a difference between that and the way that Matt Crooks left. If Matt Crooks came and played next week, he'd probably be getting a few ripples of applause and that's it. No one would be having a go at him because he seemed to leave in a decent manner. Yeah, exactly. You could tell that he could, he actually has Mm. got that talent to step up where the other two haven't. And if they did have, they would have been playing at that level before and not got relegated from it. So, and it was just the whole thing about after we got relegated, them still going ahead and saying they're too good for this level and we're going to win the league and all this kind of thing. It's just, it's arrogance. And for that to happen, for that to happen to a man like Kevin Van Veen, I'm going Kevin Keegan here. Um, <laughs> it was just amazing. I uh, loved it. <laughs> I agree. And, and the one thing that I will say is that afterwards, where, you know, obviously the fact that it got rescinded as well, <laughs> it just makes it even better. Amazing. And the manager got um, sacked as well afterwards, didn't they? Oh, poor Hurst. Yeah, I mean, if you were, well, as you said, he's probably too arrogant. But I mean, if, you, if I was Kevin Van Veen, I'd be feeling pretty awful right now. <laughs> I'm Nicky Adams, and it's all cobblers to me. The day and Oliver, as you've already said, Danny, he finally got some more goals, didn't he? I, I wrongly tweeted out that it was his first goal of the season because I completely forgot that he'd scored earlier on in the league. Um, but it was great to see him score, wasn't it, Neil? Yep. Yeah, it was. Come on, Neil. That deserves a lot more than that. I was mid-jumped out. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a good point to uh, say that Dawn thought something quite serious had happened when <laughs> when Vidane Oliver scored and uh, we started screaming from the living room and she came running in. She was like, you're all right? I'm like, yep, Vidane's just scored. She's like, I forgot. It was, a, it was a similar goal to Paul Anderton's, wasn't it? That um, just looped in from mm. that side that Vidane just got a touch this time. Um, that first one. Um, 
Yeah. Gotta love him. It was. It was a good night. And I, I think, like like was said earlier uh, by you, Chessie, I think we, we would have won that game regardless. I'm, um, I'm not so I sure. And her said, are you really? Yeah. You re- no. I mean, we were 1-0 up already. The only player that they actually had that was any good was Isa. And I, <laughs> I, I don't think that... Well, he should have opened his account, shouldn't he, Charles? He should have done. I know I said the <laughs> word wrong. You don't have to always pick up on it. Is out of interest, is he um, related to the one at Peterborough? I did wonder that, but I, I, I'm not sure. Danny should know. He's our player guru. He's the brother of Mo Isaiah. So, yeah, so um, I, I think it was a good game. Um, but then we moved on to Macclesfield, didn't we, at the weekend? And we went from a really entertaining game uh, against Scunthorpe to what I think I would describe as being a very, very boring, almost smash and grab in terrible conditions. Would you agree, Jesse? That's what you want. Yeah, that's what you want at this stage. And do you know what? I, I don't really care. Um, I didn't make the journey. Um, so I can't account for Cobblers fans that drove up and watched it and, and endured it. But actually, if you look back later on in the season um, and you look at this result, this is this is a great result. I was worried um, on Saturday morning, not necessarily because of Macclesfield, just because it's the type of game in those conditions that you really need to get points with. And Keith Curl, I think, is starting to become a little bit formidable in the way that he's able to set out a squad just to get the job done. And and I'm okay with that. At this point, I'm okay with that. And if I, we have to ride a few games out like that, then so be it. Because actually, he's getting the job done when it really needs to be done. The uh, the thing that I remember us all being a bit surprised with um, was actually the the starting lineup. It was there were slight changes, weren't there, to our normal eleven. But on that, in the past, when we've changed our starting eleven. And we've had the likes of Joe Martin in there and, uh, you know, Michael Harriman have come in. We've always had that little bit of trepidation, haven't we, pre-match? And we've just kind of gone, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. It didn't feel like there was that much worry on Saturday when we saw that team sheet. I'm wondering whether we maybe feel a little bit more of that trust that Keith Curl has talked about, that understanding now that as fans of what they're actually trying to do. I think that's fair, Neil? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I, I said, didn't I, that to you guys, that it start, I was starting to feel a little bit like I did in the season when we won the league. Um, Careful. No, but in, in terms of almost expecting us to win now, which is a dangerous feeling, I guess. Um but then that comes with confidence that the confidence in the players and and what they're doing that they know what they're doing and they're all on the same same page as such. Um, so I think it, it seems to me that the squad is very interchangeable, which can only be a good thing, can't it? Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's a really good point. Um, the fact that you know we, we can bring in players now from uh, the 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 sort of outskirts of the squad if you like and they come in and they they're, they're performing well especially in in the regards to sort of Harriman and Martin they're coming in and slotting in in positions that they're not natural players in you know they're they're both fullbacks and they're being asked to play a center back role and they're doing really really well if we'd have tried that last year it just wouldn't have worked would it Danny no no, not at all. I think this is the long-term plan that Carl's had, isn't it? That he wants players in that will suit his style and that will 
fit in and be flexible and what's the word versatile versatile yeah in their positions that that they know that they're going to come in and do a job and you, you saw last Tuesday going back to that that the shape of it and the way that we're playing is is so that the, we that anybody can just come in and slot in into a different position you, you would just trust it like you said it's 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 a really good thing to have especially you know when you're going for promotion it's it, it is that trust in the squad that that you could put Sam Hoskins in at right wing back, or you could put him in at number ten role, and you know or that centre back, your centre back, yeah, <laughs> that's pushing it a bit, I think. But but you know that if Marsh was going in at right wing back, then you're trusting that you're now. I think the difference is we're now trusting in Carl that he knows the right decision that he's going to make. Um, he knows the characters that they're going to put in a shift for him. Um, I, I think that trepidation came from not particularly trusting Carl before, whereas I think now everyone's on the curl wave aren't they just yeah but can i dive in on the curl wave quickly mm, of course you can <laughs> i don't know if any of you follow marvo on twitter or, or are members of the hotel enders to his horse group on facebook so marvo does this sort of weekly manager table of all our managers and how many points they've got you know, all the games they've been in charge of, what their win ratio was, what their success rate was, what their loss rate was, and how many points per game they've got. Keith Curl, out of uh, the all-time manager's table at the moment, Keith Curl is fourth. The only, the only three people above him are Herbert Chapman, Colin Coldwood, and Chris Wilder, which is pretty That says it all really, impressive. doesn't it? This is done on percentages, though, right? Yeah. 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 So, obviously, people like Coldwood would have a longer spell in charge so it probably makes it a little bit more impressive and contextually as well with um, some of the divisions that some of the managers are in it sometimes you know changes things a little bit but it's still impressive definitely. yeah it does but I mean if, if you think about it yeah and, and if you think you know people always just looking at that list people hark back don't they to, to Stuart Gray and think oh he was a great mm. manager for us actually he's 22nd mm. and his, yeah. his points per game was, was 1.2 which is still mm. you know, it's pretty good obviously but it, it, but then a lot of that was in League One, and then he had that disastrous season, didn't he? So. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's just it's interesting. I mean, he's he's doing well, and and you know, we were wrong at the moment, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Completely. I'm happy to admit that I was wrong at the moment. Yeah. Special mention to Callum Morton, who scored on his Injury full Aguero, debut. Me. Um, Indeed. Um, different type of striker by the looks of him, isn't he? He's more of a fox in the box and he, he's got a bit of um, nip to him, if you like. If you look at how he won the penalty against Scunthorpe, he nipped in um, to win the ball before the defender got there and then he raced through on goal, didn't he? I'm gutted um, about that as well. I don't know whether anyone else is because he was through on goal. It would have been brilliant for him to get a goal. I'll be honest. Look, if you look at it, though, Chessie, he he's looking for the penalty. Oh, yeah, he knows no, that I he's know. not going to score. He knows he's not going to score. But it would, have been, it would have been the perfect story, wouldn't it? Well, no, perfect story. It would have been of a day in Oliver Hattrick. <laughs> but, you know, Sam Hoskins ruined that, didn't he? <laughs> anyway, yeah, Sam. Um, anyway, congratulations to Callum for his first um, uh, goal in a cobbler's shirt. That was really good to see. Um well, next, we're going to go and talk about the big one. I'm Chris Freestone, and it's all cobblers to me. So on Tuesday, the cobblers take the shortest journey up the M1 for the return fixture against Philip Cocu's Derby County. Uh, of course, Wayne Rooney will be involved. And of course, we also know who we're likely to face in the fifth round. Well, no, who we will face. Yeah, <laughs> who we will face. 
<laughs> so obviously uh, the winner of this FA Cup fourth round replay will go on and face the <laughs> you were about uh, well, to say might weren't you <laughs> the, the, the winnable the winnable game of Manchester United <laughs> at home we're all going aren't we apart from maybe Chelsea I don't think you can make it can you no I'm gutted I would do under any other circumstances but um Sean is away in France, so it would mean driving all the way up and back and then going back to school with zero sleep, which would be a really dreadful idea. <laughs> so, oh, unfortunately, I can't do it. Have I've you warned France about, about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we'll all be there, the three of us, won't we, boys? Um, this time, looking for... Is it nearly 4,000 tickets or over 4,000 tickets we've uh, we've sold now? It's a lot. It's a yeah, lot. Pretty much close to 4,000. It almost feels like 2004, dare I say. Oh, it does. What do you I think? I feel it in the air. It's 2004 all over again. It's hours to lose, isn't it's, it? You know, it's hours to it, lose. I don't, I don't know about that. Um, I think it is. I think when the draw was made, I kind of thought, well, firstly, I thought um, it would have been good to get a top six Premier League team, wouldn't it, like Sheffield United? But no, it'll do. Um, but then you then you do start thinking, oh, it is like Rotherham probably on a bigger scale because it would be probably a better night than even Rotherham was um, from the scale of it, from the amount of fans we're going to take there. It's it's just one of those that you just think up until 7.45, it's going to be one of the atmospheres of the last few years because of what it means. Um, anything can happen after that, but up until that point, I think it's just the time when we can go and go and be proud again and just be proud that we've reached this stage and we've reached even the, the replay in it. And you never know, do you? I, I think it's going to be a hell of an atmosphere right up until kickoff and then who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, we win. Are you worried, Neil, that Derby are going to be sort of more prepared for us this time? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a totally different proposition, isn't it, than than the, the first game. Uh, I'm a little worried they won 4-0 on Friday night. Um because they were kind of struggling for goals, it seemed, before that. And now I'm just hoping the floodgates haven't opened a bit. But I don't know. It's it's, it's the FA Cup, isn't it? And and it, anything can happen. And it is a one-off game. And the, 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 only, the only slight concern I've got is whether fatigue might catch up with us a little bit. Fatigue doesn't exist, though, according to Keith Curl. I know Keith Curl might say that out loud. <laughs> But in his head, <laughs> in his head, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think you know, we're, especially because none of the new guys can play, so we are a little bit depleted, aren't we? And it, I mean, Scott Wharton will be back, which is good. Um, but you, you've got to, That's Wharton. yeah, you, you've got to assume that Turnbull's probably still going to be out. The animal's probably still going to be out. Obviously, McWilliams and Harry Smith will still be out. I'd imagine we'll we'll, we'll probably just. Potentially, perhaps play the Dane up front on his own Ooh. to start to start with. Mm. And then, <clears throat> can um, can Morton play? I think he can. Can he? I would assume. No, no, he wasn't. no, no one can play because he wasn't signed when we they played the first match. The first one, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's like an extension to the of the first game, isn't it? So your squad has to be the same. Uh, got you. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh. there's no extras. Thing up. I'm really, I've really been annoyed with the media mm. um, since draw was made because it's all been literally two minutes after the draw was made it was our oh, Rooney could face former club the next day another headline our oh, Rooney excited oh, the, the excitement building about Rooney facing his his old club and we've just got to put all those headlines up in the dressing room I think because then that's team talk done isn't yeah it? definitely is it's been it's been ridiculous and it's it's just been a circus of 
just people expecting Mooney to get through and face Man United. Well, it but. just proves that you know that is all the that that the English media are bothered about is the top flight. No, they're not not worried about Vidane Oliver facing well, them. Are they? No, what I mean is they don't Come they on, don't man. care about the so called magic of the cup. To them, the bigger story no, no, and the better thing to happen would be for Wayne Rooney to play uh, a team that he left because he was no longer good enough for. Yeah, you know, I, that, that's the thing. Rather than go, actually, what what would be really good for this competition would be to see a League Two side getting as far as possible into the FA Cup, and you know, and and that be entertaining for more people. I, I really do believe, you know, the Premier League might be, you know, a global league now um, in terms of it's watched in pretty much what, let's say, sort of eighty percent of the world. Um, but I mean, the FA Cup is is the oldest cup competition in the world, and part of the the reason it's so good is that you know you've got teams from you know, the whole football pyramid in England um, that that can that start off in it and take part in it and can can potentially go on and win it. It's an opportunity for um, a small club and a, a League Two club to actually go out there and just prove all of these people saying that replays should not exist completely and utterly wrong because games like this lay the foundation for clubs like us. If you look at Lincoln a couple of years ago, they built an entire training facility on the cup run that they had. So if you're willing to stand there in the media and say that you don't want replays, then fair play. But actually... Do you know what? You have no idea about proper football and you have no idea what it's like to absolutely slog your way up and down a motorway, go into games in the pouring rain at Macclesfield and just grabbing a result and standing with buckets to raise money for your club when it's about to go under and you think that replays don't matter when crack on. But, you know, it does to us. I'm Alan Neal and it's all cobblers to me. Right then, let's get some predictions then for Tuesday night's replay up at Derby. Uh, We'll start with you, Chessie. Oh, uh, one nil. One nil. Is that cobbler? One nil. Yeah, Verdane's going to pop up in like the ninety seventh minute. Oh, and there'll be a riot, and everyone yeah. will be on the pitch. I'll drive all the way up the motorway to join you lot, and then drive back and walk into work <laughs> in a dreadful state the next morning. <laughs> uh, Danny, I'm going to go for uh, Cobbler's win on penalties oh. after a nil nil. We're going to shit out our way to a nil nil after extra time, and then win on penalties. Oh, that, that. But I will be absolutely crapping myself when Sam Hoskins steps up to take one. <laughs> the nation will be. Oh dear. Um, I'm I'm going for a two-one victory. Vidane Oliver is going to get both goals, and I, I'm feeling it's going to be a bit like Liverpool back in 2010, where we'll, we'll fall behind early doors. Um, and and think that's it, and be like literally like oh no, um. But then Vidane will pop up with an equaliser maybe just before half time, take us all the way through to extra time, and then we'll score oh. in sort of the last few minutes of the 120 minutes to uh, to send us into raptures and on to six fields and that date <laughs> with Man United. So yeah, that that's my dream anyway. Uh Neil. Don't let uh, me down. <laughs> I think it'll be three all. Okay. And then I think we'll lose on penalties. Oh, my word. <sighs> Can I also point out, if Neil's going to be um, negative about it, there ain't no shame in losing this match. No, there absolutely isn't. 
No. So if it, if we do draw three three and then lose on penalties, then what what have we lost? Not a lot. We've still got a lot of pride from this this cup run. So I think if you know if Neil is right, then I'll tell you what so we've lost: an FA Cup fourth round replay and the chance for European trips next year. <laughs> what in the third European competition? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> uh, go on, Neil. Goal scorers, please, mate. Oh, goal scorers. Uh, three of them. Right. Uh... Oh, that's a toughie, isn't it? I, forgot, I wish I hadn't said three all now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go Sam Hoskins with two Ooh. and Andy Williams with one. Hmm. Interesting. We'll be back after that result. So later in the week, we will come back with another podcast. We will look back at that Derby game and we'll look forward to whatever the next game is on Saturday. I don't even know who it is because I'm not bothered Probably. right now. Um, yeah, but we'll smash them. So it doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah. So join us later on in the week. Thank you very much, guys, for being with me. Uh, thank you very much for you, to you for listening. Please subscribe. Tell all your cobbler supporting friends about the podcast and anybody else that might fancy listening. Um, go ahead. Go do it. There's also still a chance for you to win a pair of home tickets for the cobbler's Fill in our 2020 audience listener survey and you'll be entered into the raffle to win that amazing prize. Um, Who knows? You might choose the last day of the season when we're being crowned champions. Wouldn't that be amazing? Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.